Hello Mustang fans and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore. You know, from my years with Auto Week Magazine and the Ford Special Vehicle Team, Ford Racing, and now Ford Performance, I've always known that everyone has a Mustang story. So to that end, I hope you are reading my efforts to tell your story in the enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com, as well as keeping up with the latest happenings in the Mustang hobby by checking out FordPerformanceClubConnect.com every week. My co-host is a Mustang hobby and industry insider who is perhaps best known as the longtime president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, or Moxum, one of the largest and most active Mustang clubs on the continent, plus who also heads up Boxum for you Bronco owners, as well as being the new leader behind the International Council of Mustang Clubs. Of course, I could only be talking about my good friend Mike Ray. Mike, tonight, a Mustang Heroes on the podcast. Absolutely. And uh, it, our guest tonight is the definition of a Mustang Hero, and uh, we're going to hear some good stories as to why. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to keep you waiting any longer tonight. We're talking to one of the, the greatest stories that we've ever told on our podcast. We're going to be talking to Mustang's vehicle engineering manager for some of the most memorable models to hit the market. Uh, it's Tom Barnes. Tom, welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. Thank you, John. Thank you, Mike. It's uh, my pleasure and honor. Uh, and it also makes me chuckle to be uh, to be stunning this time with you guys tonight. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's Mustang is is quite an amazing uh, phenomenon, and it's amazing lifestyle. It's an amazing uh, group of people who follow Mustang, and so I'm glad to be just a small part of it. But we'll see where we go. Yeah, well, Mike, you know, he's not a small part of it because Tom Barnes, um, anybody that knows anything about working at Ford or with Team Mustang, as the uh, Mustang vehicle engineering manager. Uh, over what the last 15 years you've touched all these Mustangs in the lineup and Tom these are the Mustangs we love the most and Mike knows be it from working with inside the group for a while that you were you were kind of a, like the rock star uh, in there and you didn't you really didn't get a lot of credit Tom what were you hiding out well I some people like to be front and center some people like to be on the side some people like to be behind the scenes I'm more of a behind the scenes guy I just, uh, I enjoyed talking to customers, trying to help figure out what they wanted or would want, and then work with our internal team to just kind of deliver it. So uh, I got to do a lot of things I like to do, which was driving and then developing things with great engineers and then taking it around and seeing if people liked it. So that's what I wanted to do and I got to, so it was great. Well, being on Mustang, uh, Mike, when was the first time you met up with Tom? Because you could tell he was a car guy from day one. First time I met Tom when it was during launch of 550, when I was uh, doing, pro I was the product uh, person for the launch. Um, and we were working, Tom, on that video game. I forget what the name of the video game is now. Remember, we had to do a couple calls to get the, the car right on the video game uh, there. God, I can't remember the name of it now. I'm just drawing a blank. But uh, we were doing behind the scenes planning for that. Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely remember you out from the launch, Mike. And and I, yeah. I think I knew of you well before that, although you might not have known of me, but 
um, just being must, such a, a Mustang club of Southeastern Michigan is so big and so integral. I mean, just watching what I'll say your club members and, and you, what you guys loved about Mustang is, and what we're trying to do is figure out what you will love about Mustang and what your kids will love about Mustang and what maybe even new markets. And like on, on, you know, the, the 15, we went worldwide. So we, we were trying to figure out what everyone in Italy or wherever it might've been. Yeah. That's such a huge compliment. Thank you so much for that. Um, but yeah, I, we were working on, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong name of the video game, but there was some video game that we were starting to do there. That was the first time I actually interacted and, and worked with Tom on that. But um, to your point, Tom, too, was I remember Dave said with the 550, um, Dave, I'm talking about Dave Parasuck for the listeners, um, who was the chief engineer, was he doesn't want um, a spot on the map without um, where Mustang would not be. And I think you guys really, really took that to another level um, to take 550 and put it almost all over the whole entire world. Yeah, that was, it was an amazing project because, I mean, just, I mean, engineering wise, we needed to make sure it was legal and that it, you know, met different laws from around the world. But we also wanted to make sure that emotionally to people, it was delivering what they wanted. And, and really a little bit into the project, we realized that people where they actually didn't have Mustangs, they had an idea of what a Mustang was very strong from movies or maybe just some imported Mustangs. Like you guys know, there's Mustang clubs uh, all over the world, even if there's very few Mustangs there, but very passionate people. So, you know, we wanted to hit the spot. And what we ended up doing is saying, we're going to make the Mustang true to what it is, which is, I mean, to be honest, it's an American car. It's kind of about freedom. It's about fun. And we're going to deliver on that wherever it goes around the world. And when we did it, you know, we're like, boy, I hope they like it. And, and they loved it because it, it made the sound. It went quick. And it, what, the key thing is it made them feel good. They liked how the car made them feel. Um, just in it, it, for some people, it's, oh, that is such a neat color. For other people, that it's a convertible, that it's a manual. And then, you know, we were trying to come up with some fun things, whatever it might, you know, might be, but, you know, maybe an exhaust that you can control the sound of, make it really loud or also make it quiet. And so it was just, it was a lot of fun to deliver it around the world and see how people liked it. And to be honest, they really loved it. You know, you know, Tom, uh, you, uh, like you said, you guys listen to the people. It shows in the car. Um, it shows what, what they're asking for what they want you guys try to integrate it any possibility and, and chance you get to um so i mean that is just a true testament of the guys actually working on the on team mustang to actually bring and deliver a product that the actual enthusiasts really really want yeah and you know what's been also fun is like as you said at the beginning or maybe you didn't you know i worked on the base car and i say the base car you know or i4 v6 or or the, the just a normal gt v8 And then the beauty has been that there's been Ford Performance where they go really high end for the super high, you know, enthusiasts and performance people, but they're building on that base car and it gives the the vehicle a lot of range, you know, and I, a young person can get into an I4, you know, you you could have an automatic and 
and then you go all the way up and then you got a, a GT 350 R or something, which is just a crazy performance machine. That's also a super fun thing about Mustang. So, but we always want to make sure that, you know, it's fun and people feel good. They're laughing. We want, we want it. If a, if a kid is in the car, they love, you know, riding in it with their parents or with their brother or whatever it is. So that's, it's just a fun part of Mustang. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, you know, uh, Tom, what Mike's talking about here was the, uh, the whole S550 thing is so big. And we've decided that we're going to have, Mike's going to work on this. We're going to have a special episode of our podcast with you and Dave Parasak to go over the insanity that went on during the launch of the S550. You know, yours truly got to write the uh, the book on it, and then they made a movie. Uh, we have to. We just have to talk about it, Mike. So Mike's going to – we're going to have you scheduled back on, and we're going to talk about that. But, Mike, I bet you don't know that you and Tom have a very big thing in common, that you both owned an SVO Mustang. No, I did not know that. And, you oh, know, right yeah. before we get off the, the 550 thought thing, what a great job you guys did on the commercials for uh, promoting the vehicle. I mean, the 550 commercials just really took it to another level. You know, S197 bringing it back were pretty cool, but the S550 ones really, really took it to another level. And then, of course, like John just mentioned, um, you know, A Faster Horse, the movie documenting it. Um, and that I can't wait to hear some behind-the-scenes stories when we get you and Dave on together about making the making of that movie. Yeah, you're going to have to come back, Tom. There's, just, there's no way you can not come back to that one. Dave is Dave is a fantastic uh, guy, a great leader, and uh, I will just say S fifty five fifty. I mean, it had a lot of internal uh, expectations. There was a lot of pressures that we deliver it. We were going around the world, um, you know. And but but like you said, we got everyone kind of rowing the boat in the same place. Uh, public affairs. What's the messaging? How are we going to message this? Com, you know, advertising, commercials, how are we going to set up just the way we sell it and, and make sure that it all delivers to, to the people who are going to buy it or maybe buy it and then to get them enticed into it. So that, that's definitely uh, something we did. And that, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And we worked on it for a long time. I think we started the uh, public affairs message, messaging like 18 months before we even launch the car. So uh, doing a lot of stuff. But well, those and we, Mike and I know full well that those guys usually give you two weeks' notice instead of eighteen months. Though those guys are working for yeah. shooting from the hip most of the time. Isn't that true, Mike? How many times? Hey, how, when do you need this? Oh, next week. What? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, so, we all well, know but, how that goes. <laughs> you know, what I like about you, Tom, is that you started out like uh, most guys. You, you're a kid that loved cars. You know, your first car was a Maverick, and that wasn't even a truck. No, I mean, uh, I mean that that's the way you know most guys start out. They get, they have an economy car, and they dream about moving up. You know, then when you got your SVO, and the other cool thing about you is, you know. I don't know what you do during the fall when Michigan plays Michigan State because you got engineering engineering degrees from both schools. So how do you yes. how do you solve that? John, it's humorous because you you know more about me than I do. Um, so which is which is funny. Um, yeah, you know my my I I've told this story and I don't know when I was a really little kid and and I mean like five or something. I remember when I went to Chicago. And my grandma lived on a street, like on the fourth floor of an apartment. And I remember sitting there with a piece of paper and the cars would go by and I would count what, oh, there, that's a, whatever, that's a GM. Oh, there's a Pontiac, there's a Ford <laughs> and, and tally them up. And I could do that for, you know, literally hours, um, kind of showing probably that, oh, uh oh, he's going to become an engineer or something like that. <laughs> um, but I, I specifically remember that being a, a little kid. But yeah, my first car was a Maverick, a used Maverick, uh, uh, 1974. It was bright blue, so really like grabber blue, repainted. Oh, wow. um, yeah. But it was beautiful. And uh, and then uh, along the way, uh, there was an 85 SVO, you know, which was funny because, you know, is a, a four-cylinder turbo with a stick. Not really the Mustang, like, you know, people think of, oh, V8, whatever, but more of a little bit of a finesse job. And and when we came back with the I-4 on the S550, I mean, it definitely reminded me of that. And it was like, hey, this is cool. We're going we're gonna to make this thing light. We're going to make it feel super nimble and, you know, not be so worried about, hey, what does it do on a, a drag strip or you know, no huge throaty sound. So it's funny how your your uh, background often, you know, becomes where your future goes. Oh, so. absolutely. And that's why Mike and I were really excited to talk to you because, you know, because a lot of guys, when they started for you, know, you had uh, you had time and research before you even got to engineering. And, and that to me, um, and the fact that you just told Mike, you know, you, you were looking at the, the club and, and for, you know, what are they like? What, what are they, what were their kids like? That's, if an engineer doesn't have that part of him in him, he I don't know if he can go off and build the, the best car. And you you had that both and on the fact that you worked in, uh, in in chassis dynamics before you got on Team Mustang. That that's why I think you know. And the fact you're driving an SVO, handling was a was a part of that formula. And for me, you know, I, I first uh, were exposed to you in the S197 program. I I was out of. Uh, I was over at racing by then and um, to see you take that car from, you know, we, we, of course, everybody, not everybody knows. Yes. One ninety seven was supposed to be our first global car. It was supposed to have IRS and all those things. And we had to dial it back. But the, the fact that you went through those early S one ninety sevens, the car was a great leap forward. And then, you know, going to flat rock uh, out of Dearborn assembly was a great leap forward. And then when you came on with a bullet, uh, I remember bringing the club, I think the bullet forum came out and and we had uh, Paul Randall was working on that bullet and to have you guys interact as engineers with the club. I mean, Mike, tell me, tell me there's nothing. I mean, I don't know what's better than that, 
but during a launch to have a club involved and talk to the engineers, if that doesn't set the Mustang passion on fire, I don't know what does. Yeah, that, and that's one. That's literally, you know, the story that I've repeated a million times about how I met Dave was um, going into the um, 2010. Back in 2009, we were invited to Flat Rock. Um, our board of directors was to get the opinions uh, on the on the refresh to 2010, yeah. and you know to give our opinions uh, right front and center. And the new Shelby was there, and the Mustang GT was there, and they really wanted our opinions. And like I said, my famous story is I hated the taillights on the 10. And uh, the taillights that came out on the 13 were the greatest ones in history. And But, uh, Tom, I don't know if you heard that story, but really quick and easy is uh, I was walking around the car, and uh, the guy asked me, what do you think of it? I said, I don't like the taillights. And he said, I'm Dave Parasek, chief engineer. That was the first time I ever met Dave. <laughs> You're like, yes, hey, all right. I, but, nice introduction. But the 13 taillights, uh, right? It, Tom, the t 13 taillights cost an arm and a leg. For those right and so but he said you know it, it's because people didn't like them and they were listening to what we said to do and i know he went way over budget on those lights <laughs> yeah well it, i mean and i just so i have my mind i'm gonna i'm gonna start the 08 just the, the bullet was it was fantastic it was such a great project because all this stuff is possible because there's people i, I mean externally internally suppliers but i'll just say the real core team that's trying to develop the car, these they're all fantastic engineers. They know how to make cars go fast. They know how to make them go loud. And really, it's the budgets and things that might limit what they can get done. Um, but in 08, we got to do the bullet and, you know, pulled in, we pulled in owners from the, the earlier bullet. Yeah. You know, yep. and we, we talked to them, hey, what do you like? What do you not like? You know, and I mean, Things that you, everyone says, oh, everyone knows that, you know, make it simple, make it a little stealthy, make it, you know, maybe a front end that's, that's just kind of kind of quiet or menacing a little bit. You know, all those things. We we were talking to the customers then and we really ran with it. And, Mike, that's why your club got to come in. And, and I think you're still very involved. And even a lot of the, the people we bring in from the outside come in before we've decided something like look at this look at this what do you think and in that really influences where things go so you know in, in 10 was an interesting thing because we kind of did the body you know upgrade or whatever and not everything was perfect but 11 is when we got the powertrains delivered so we kind of split which was really kind of interesting and then what was so fun is is we had and if you start thinking about this you're like Oh, 05, and then you got the 07 or the, the you know, SVT, GT500, 08, a bullet, then in 10, a refresh, 11, new powertrains, 12, the boss, which was just awesome. And then 13, a refresh again. And in those tail lamps you were talking about, what a big difference on that car. And yeah, if I remember right, those, those things might be LED lights or something, but they definitely were expensive. And I remember standing in the middle of, uh, the test track in Dearborn many times, actually, looking at the lights from that year, looking at them, the front lights, the back lights, from the side, whatever. Are there any hot spots? Are there, are there things that look funny from a certain angle? And just keep tweaking it and keep tweaking it. And, uh, you know, we were lucky to have Dave. So, um, but yeah, really, a, a, definitely a 
real cool little run of cars. And I mean, if you think uh, GT500, I think at 13, you know, that I think that was the 200 mile an hour one or something. Um, and if I'm missing the thing, as I said, you guys know more than I do, but um, just some, some whopper cars. Some well, yeah, that cars. was the 662 horsepower one. So that really brought yeah. that brought the notch up on the horsepower level as well. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of people did complain though, Tom. I in turn, I don't know if you ever heard this feedback, but you know, since we're hanging out with the owners a lot, we uh, we heard, oh man, I just got a 2010. I love this Mustang. And then the next year, when the 5.0 came out, they go, damn, I have to buy another Mustang now. I just bought a yeah. 10. Now I got to get an 11 because that 5.0 uh, just changed everybody's mind. And the introduction of the Coyote is still being felt in the hobby today. Yeah, I mean, and it's and and I mean, one of the kind of core things, even though we've, I, I still stand by fast and fun, and I I like affordable, although it's less affordable than it once was, um, to many 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 people, and almost to anyone, still a V8 sound and a V8 feel is part of what a Mustang is. So, you know, that was a very great beginning of a of a new five liter, you know, which is, I mean. I've got a 12, I, I mean, I've got a, a boss, so it's a little bit on, it's a little amped up, but I'm going to tell you that car, that boss, it, the, it feels fantastic. The engine just, it just pulls and pulls and it sounds right. The whole thing works together that you're the sound of the feel, the way the pedal works, the gearing, it's just like, Oh, this is awesome. And <laughs> And I know I'm just rambling, but John, I will tell you, a marketing person, because we were trying, we wanted everything together. And a marketing person said, you know what's going to happen? Someone's going to buy one in 10. And then the next year, they're going to be like, damn. And he's like, that'll be perfect because then they're going to want to buy another one. So anyway, well, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And I, I specifically, I remember who it was. And I, uh, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not a marketing guy. But, uh, but I do understand it. I do understand it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. No, that's because you do research and you did hang out. And, uh, you know, that that to us, I mean, they were, when you started doing the cadence, you know, starting with the 06, uh, 05, 06, and then well, the 07 got to the point where you guys, you knew you knew you were going to do the bullet in eight, then you did the glass roof, then you did the 2010. I mean, it was, it was one year after another, one after another. And it was like, we in the hobby just couldn't keep up. I mean, even... On the marketing side, it was hard to, you had to bone up on all the new stuff, the new features. That's why Mike was so, 
great over there working with Team Mustang because like he remembered all you know all the different differences and you guys were going it was like AM radio Tom and the hits just keep on coming because they just one after another and it's just it got is that really the is that was there pressure from it where did that force come from because we were around years when mustang didn't change at all yeah i mean it was i you know i I still say it's always it seems like it's always hard but i love the fact we would lay out you know planners would lay out here's here's cycle plan you know for the next say trying eight years or something like that and and you're like hey i mean i wish some of us wish we could have put them out you know every something out every three months or six wow. months at a minimum. And, but I will tell you, it, it just becomes, it becomes absolutely crazy because you're working at, you're planning things. Then you're trying to get the financials together on other things. Some cars you're developing, other cars you're launching, other cars you're out with the media on. And uh, just, I will tell you, dealing with the media for a while on a car, and you're, you're having meetings on these future cars and trying to keep it straight. It's mm-hmm. like, you're like, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't really remember that it has eight cylinders, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. That, uh, it, 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 was, it was a lot to juggle, and uh, but a lot of fun. And, like, there's so many good people, and everyone is trying, you know, to make this car that people are going to love, that they're going to love, that their neighbors are going to love, their kids are going to love, their parents are going to love, whoever it might be. So, and with a team... Like everyone knows, if you got a good team, you can have a ton of fun and also do a lot of great things. So, you know, and then the fact that part of the team is the customer and the customer, they want you to win. They want to win. Um, you just, it's, it's just a lot of positive uh, reinforcement. Well, there was one question, Mike, I don't know if we asked Dave this, uh, but a lot of people always, when I talk about you, Tom, and your career, um, that there was a conscious decision on the S550 to do, you know, do we want to do a six-cylinder car? And how long do we have the six-cylinder when the EcoBoost was a premium motor? I mean, that was a, I mean, it was was that a tough decision? And did you have, was that a conscious effort to try to get a three-engine lineup back in Mustang? Yeah, I mean, it was very conscious. And, uh, you know, I, it, so I'll just say, like I said, everyone has different skills. So, you know, marketing saying, yeah, we, we think we could do this at least initially and, and engineering's like, yes, let's do this for sure. And we'd had some great V sixes, you know, and way, 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 way back in I four and, and the V eight, obviously the staple. So, yeah. And then, you know, it just ended up in, I think everyone recognizes this, that the I four, you know, a turbo is a uh, expensive, proposition and it's pretty high tech and you know the v6 we had was i'll just say probably a little more traditional and and all that but to 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 figure out how to get the pricing to match the cost and and things like that and and how you're going to offer definitely uh it it was it was tough for a while you know but hey we we got it out and um you know and does everything last forever no but uh, anyway, if that answers your question, John. Yeah, I mean, there's an entire, I mean, there's clubs for the V6 Mustang, Bulletproof Mustang, even in SN95s, the, a lot of V6 owners still have them. And 
NS197s, and they, they, you know, that's they got their own clubs. I, I get it, but for me and Mike, we we just there's so many things we could talk about with you. But for our favorite moment, I have to say, you know, all the internal stuff I was with you, all the media stuff that you do over at the uh, the test track, and I remember all the you were all always really good with the media, and they liked that you were genuine. Uh, but I think the proudest moment was seeing you in that movie. We all have our clips of the faster horse and you know a faster horse was a special thing very few mustang people got featured in a hollywood movie but you being featured in that movie and i never knew that you were a hockey guy and that after those insane days at ford you'd go home lace up the skates and go out on your backyard pond and seeing that in that movie tom i felt this immediate bond with you because you know growing up in detroit i'm a hockey guy too did you did how did you tell those guys yeah come out to my house and film me skating around in the backyard well i'll just tell you those guys followed us around as a group uh for probably a year and a half or something or two years and it was pretty humorous um for just guy engineers or guys at ford and there'd be these cameras parading around and and I, I, I don't remember how this all worked, but I remember it was like a Friday or something or Thursday. And uh, the guy who was producing the movie. He's like, hey, can I talk to you? And I'm like, yeah. And he basically tells me, uh, we're coming over to your house tomorrow, whether you want it or not. And that's what's going to happen. And uh, I was like, do I have a choice? And he's like, no, you really don't. And I remember I went down and talked to Dave and he's like, Dave's like, yeah, I wouldn't let him come to my house. I told him to go to, <laughs> to go to your house, and uh, which is so Dave. This is like Parasac. Oh my god! Oh, I Absolutely, I can hear it now. That's I'm like that's a hundred percent Dave. No, no you can't uh, go to my house, but call up Tom Barnes and go to Tom Barnes or something. Yeah, he'll do it. Oh, yeah. He volunteered you. Yeah. Oh, and, but Tom, uh, I have one question. What is sure. your all-time favorite Mustang that you got um, to, to work on? Lord, I, I, you know, my, I, I, this is not a lie. I like so many of them. I, I'm just going to give you some that I, I really like. Okay. okay. I, I got to work. I mean, I worked on the dark horse. I mean, uh, up to the point of approval, which is a great vehicle. And it's, it's the pinnacle of the base Mustangs. But I think that the automatic Mach 1 was just, we put in so much effort to make that thing great. That was kind of, that was that was a great point. Um, I loved the i4 automatic because I thought it was just such a perfect every person's car, just the everyday car. I thought the powertrain match was fantastic. The boss and some people even they understood it better than me. But wow, did that that up the game on the I'll say just a chase for more, 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 more. And so that was just a. Uh, that that was a wonderful vehicle to uh to work on and really i mean just the 05 by itself because it it kind of uh you know it was it was a true new generation and it just kind of upped the game again i'll just say 15 overall going worldwide i mean i all these cars and in the bullets i mean i feel like there's like every car i can see people's you know something from so many different people in the different cars 
and I had different bits in the different cars. I loved the glass roof. I loved the glass roof, and it it bummed me out that it didn't get popular. But it was so cool, you know. So I I can't answer the question. I I love them all for different reasons, and uh, I have a 2012 uh, Laguna Seca. That's what yeah, I. Yeah, my my right my guess would have been it would have been the Boss probably because at that time that was by far the best balanced Mustang ever, right? Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was it was great. It was great fun, and we loved working on it. We used a ton of people from the outside. I mean, race car drivers, things like that. We did a lot with Parnelli Jones. Um, it was just it was a riot. And when I was going to get one, I was like, I'm just going to get a base a base boss because it's so great, and you know, it still can cart around four people if you want, you know, and it's really functional. And then in the end, I was like, no, I got to go with Laguna because its performance is, you know, I, it, it's just, it's a little bit better. And I'm like, I got to go with it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And on that, just so you know, Daryl Beam, the chief engineer of design, Dave and myself all had all our bosses delivered at the plant onto a car carrier. And then they uh, brought them to our houses, mine first, and then Daryl's, I think, and then Dave's. No um, way. From delivered right to the house. And it was, which was really fun. We never well, heard that story, John. No, I know. We had Daryl on. You think he would have said that? You know, we yeah, had, we, we just had Daryl on, on not too long ago. Yeah. Well, Mike, Mike what what you, what you did to Tom Barnes is you asked him. Imagine Tom Barnes as being the father of all these beautiful Mustangs, and on Christmas morning he's got like uh, fifteen of them laying around, and he goes, "Hey, Dad, what's your favorite of all of us?" And I, what are you going to say? You don't, you know, he's got, he's got all these beautiful children, and you can't pick a favorite. But Tom, you sure left your imprint on so many great Mustangs, and we we definitely have to go back, and Mike will set this up, and we'll get to have Dave Parasek come on, and we'll talk about the the wonderful job on knowing your. I mean, being the um, the the design project leader on the 15 programs, one thing doing advanced engineering, but to to see that car come to market, we have to have the story. So hopefully, Tom, you'll find some time to come on back onto the Mustang Owners Podcast and join us again. Yeah, I will. And uh, I just want to tell you, you guys are doing a great job. All the Mustang people out there, you're doing a great job. I was at Mustang Alley a few weeks ago. I was out at, at the uh, Gingerman, uh, Paul Roca's, you know, Mohawk track experience. It's great to see all the people having fun and, you know, enjoying life. And yeah, whenever you want, I can I can make it back. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you, Mike. You heard him. He's going to come back, and we'll have to have this one set up for next time. So you're going to make it happen, Mr. Ray? Absolutely. And, uh, Tom, you were out there at, at uh, Gingerman this year? I was. I went on the first day and brought my brother-in-law, who's in his well in his 60s, and uh, he got to learn how to drive. And then he was driving, my, racing my car around, and I was running around, too, in my car. We had some other engineers, uh, Sean Carney, a longtime yep. Mustang fan. His son was out, his, and uh, we had at Kevin Groot, who was one of our great development engineers on the boss. Now he's in Ford Racing. Um, his daughter was out there, so just a lot of a lot of great people, and uh, you know, just having a lot of fun. You know. Yeah, that's it. I always see Sean there every year. I don't know how I missed you on there. I got there uh, later on Monday. Uh, this year but um yeah it's great i'm always out there i've been out there for the last six years and that was another past guest me and john had on was uh paul roca um from gingerman with mohawk tracks experience but you know very cool thank you so much tom
Yeah, Tom, okay. we really appreciate it. And you know what, uh, Mike, we're going to have to make Tom Barnes a part of our Mustang 60th celebration. Tom, will, uh, we've got some things cooking up. If you know Mike Ray, then you know there's something boiling in the back room. Who knows what's going to happen? But, <laughs> the 60th is next year, Tom. It seems like so, we yeah. just hit 50 years, didn't we? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just last week. Yeah. So, Tom, yeah, take your vitamins. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thanks again. Uh, it's our pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed our talk with Tom Barnes. And we uh, really want to have him back because there's so many other great stories. So look forward to that later on. So until next time, we'll just have to catch you down the road.